From the gun again on first down. Fires wide. Juan Daniels, touchdown Georgia. This is your favorite receiver, Juan Daniels. And you're listening to the DGD podcast with my man, Robert Reynolds. Go dogs. Welcome to the DGD podcast. One more day until the dogs beat the ever-living shit out of those Gators in Gainesville. Juan, you weren't here yesterday. You're here today. Also got Harrison Reno here, Top Dog Talk and Top Dog Blogs. Look, we're gonna. There's so much here to talk about. And for anybody listening or watching, I'm just gonna let you know now. I'm letting loose because, let's be honest, we're gonna talk more about this. But the dogs are in a good chance here. They beat us last year, and I'm not holding anything back. I'm just gonna let y'all know that. So prepare yourselves. It's about to get juicy on today's show. That's all I'm going to say. That's all I'm saying. Anyways, Harrison, welcome to the show, sir. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me, guys. Nice to be back hey, with man. y'all. Juan, nice nice to be with you, man. First, Yes, sir. First What's on going podcast, on, Harrison? First time on the podcast with you. Nothing much, man. N- nice to be with y'all. Absolutely. Before we get started about the cocktail party, I've got to give a shout out to my guys at Lots of Rain Watches, guys. I'm wearing the compass right now. Fits perfectly, and it's a beautiful watch, but it's also affordable price. Remember that. That's the key. So use code DGD at checkout and get 10% off your purchase. Uh, if you're seeing this, obviously you see the website down below, but if you're listening, lawterrain.com, that is Lot dash terrain t-o-u-r-a-i-n-e dot com check it out also dgdpodcast.com slash law dash terrain if you want to go through the podcast website with that being said it is cocktail party tomorrow 3 30 look georgia comes in at seven and oh florida with three losses already we're going to talk score predictions we're going to talk keys to victory but i'm going to tell you right now 14-point favorite here uh, on the road, if I'm not mistaken, depending on where you look at. We'll cover you. We'll even do the spread here tomorrow. Look, it's going to be worse than 14 points. Juan, I want to get your thoughts on here, being a former player. I want to get your thoughts on prepping for this game. You've played it before. Obviously, we've had discussions in the past about what happened. Results notwithstanding, what is it like to prepare for this game? I mean, this this is – you know, one of the biggest rivalries that we have. And, and unfortunately, when I was there and then, of course, years past, Florida never really took this rivalry very serious. You know, it, it was one of those things that, oh, it's Georgia. We'll just go up there and we'll just beat them down. And it's really not that big a deal. Um, you know, it's, and it's kind of the, the same attitude that we have when we play Georgia Tech. We really don't, you know, you know, put a whole lot of worth into Georgia Tech. So, from you know, coming from the other side, being Georgia, you know, we have to come out. Um, and then just have that 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 mental toughness. And, 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 you know, I would love to have that same situation when, you know, remember when Georgia scored and then everybody rushes off the bench and they go in there and they just jump in, you know, jump into the end zone. I look right there and I said, this game is over. There's nothing that Florida can do to come back and, 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 and win this game. And we need to have that mentality going into uh, go, going into this. I mean, Georgia's number one. They're number one for a reason. And, and so there's no need for them to, to, to let up off the gas right now. I love it. I mean, in all honesty, look, this defense is what's going. You know, everybody wants to talk about the offense and how we haven't, you know, done this. We'll talk about that a little bit more. But look, nobody can say that that defense is not 
elite. And there's and this, in my opinion, best defense hands down in the country right now. And it's not even close, not even close. And honestly, looking at it right here with what uh, with what Florida brings to the table offensively, I don't see anything changing. Harrison, I'm gonna turn it over to you for a second. If I'm not mistaken, you actually write about this, so I want to hear what you hear what your thoughts are uh, to start. What you know, what Florida brings to the table, and and really, what can they even do to compare with uh, against Georgia's defense? Uh, you know, going against Georgia, uh, going against Georgia's defense. You know, obviously, I think the one matchup that everyone's going to be watching, and I think I've I've heard um, people try and make this comparison, which I think is an outrageous comparison, but um, it, it's the point they're trying to make is, you know, in years past, when you look at Georgia's defense, specifically under Kirby Smart, and you go back to even his time in Alabama, what gave that defense led by Kirby Smart? you know, trouble. And it was kind of a, a dynamic, uh, dynamic quarterback in, in a sense, you know, someone like Joe Burrow who can be active in the pocket, can be active outside of the pocket and make throws, um, you know, that are just otherworldly. That's, that's the type of quarterback um, that you need to kind of disrupt a defense like Georgia has now. And I think um, they talk about, you know, Anthony Richardson, maybe being that just because of what he brings with his legs. Um, you know, I think he's a good passer, but I don't think he's a transcendent next level passer a, you know, like a, like a Joe Burrow or something like that. But I think, you know, for Florida, I think the big thing is they're going to have to find a way to run the ball. I think we say that every year going to down to, you know, Jacksonville. And I think Wong can speak to this more than I can. You know, that, that's, that, that's the game plan, I think, for both sides. You can call, control the line of scrimmage, you win the game. Um, but going against Georgia's defense, I think Florida needs to find a way to air things out. You've got to find a way to settle in Richardson and, and really challenge um, this Georgia secondary who – you know, many could say hasn't been challenged that much this year. Um, you know, week one, you play Clemson, and we all thought, you know, that was going to be a test. But in the end, um, they gave themselves more trouble um, than, than Georgia did in, uh, in, in the air in that sense. And obviously, Georgia got a really good pass rush on them. Um, but G Georgia, you know, if you're Florida, you're going to want to challenge Georgia on the back end of that defense. I don't think they can, though. Um you're looking at both quarterbacks. I think Anthony Richards gives you your best shot to try to spread the ball vertically. But how are you going to give them time? And look, Florida's Florida's offensive line isn't the worst by any means, but they're also not the best that I think we're going to play. I think Kentucky was the best offensive line that we played, uh, in my opinion, so far. But with that being said, with you know, there's some names. One particular we're going to talk a little bit about here in just a second that Florida's offensive line did not see last year. And I'm telling you, he's also going to make the biggest impact in this game. And that's Mr. 99, Jordan Davis. It, you know, Georgia fans remember this, right? Everybody wants to say that was making an excuse, but there is no question how big of an impact Jordan Davis is going to make on this game tomorrow. There, there's no question how big of an impact it's going to, it's going to be ridiculous. Um, you know, obviously you look at Jalen Carter. He played a lot last year in this game. You know, defensively, I thought we did fine. I think, you know, everybody looks at the wheel route and wants to talk shit about Georgia getting beat by the wheel route. Fine. It, it ain't happening this year. It's not happening this year. Uh, and Jordan Davis is, is going to cause this defense to be able to wreak havoc on either quarterback. I expect you to see both, by the way. It doesn't matter. They're going to be, you know, they're going to be pressured all night. With that being said, though, go ahead, Harrison. And sorry to cut you off right there, but, you know, you're talking about the wheel route. Um, you know, 
and they were targeting, from what I remember to my recollection, uh, and correct me if I'm wrong, it was usually the real routes they were targeting uh, Monty Rice, who going into that week, I believe if my timeline's correct on this, um, Monty Rice hurt his foot or was dealing with a, uh, a foot injury going into that week. Um, so, you know, and now you look at Georgia's linebackers, you know, Monty Rice is more of a, of a bigger linebacker guy who, who was built to stop the run, the, the prototypical um, three, four inside linebacker that, you know, Georgia's recruited for years, you know, but you look at Georgia's linebacker room. Now you have a bunch of Nicobe Deans, guys that fly around guys that aren't just there to stop the run. Yes, they can do it, but you can also put them out in space and coverage and trust them to get the job done. One, I, I, we've been talking, look, I, I, the shit talking ain't even started yet. And I'm already talking a lot. <laughs> I'm going to let you talk about it, right? I want to let you no. talk about what, you know, what you think well, will happen tomorrow. I, I, I agree with Harrison. I mean, we, we've got linebackers that can run. I mean, anytime you've got a linebacker like a, a Dean that can start from the opposite A-gap and then go all the way out to the flats um, in, in, in no time, um, that, that that's a problem. So I'm not worried about the wheel route. Uh, Jordan Davis, um, you know, to quote Santana Moss from Miami, big-time players make big-time plays and big-time games. He's done it all year. And if he's not the best player right now in the country, um, you know, we, we, we've got a problem with the system. And so he's going to continue to do Jordan Davis things. Um, and, and, and just like Harrison talked about um, a little bit earlier, our, our secondary really hasn't been tested. We haven't had that quarterback that can actually sit back there and have enough time to, to, to test them because our front is so dominant. They are just so they're, they're so dominant. And, and historically, you know, uh, you know, when you talk about Kirby's defense, he has struggled with those mobile quarterbacks. But then you go to Jefferson at at, at Arkansas and then you go to, um, you know, Bo Nix at, at, at Auburn. And we actually did a, a fairly good job. Now, Auburn moved the ball on us a, a pretty fair amount. We did have you know struggle a little bit with, you know, with, with Bo Nix, but our recovery was was, was great. We did a great job against uh, Levy. I mean, he did a, did a great job, and he is a more of an accurate passer than you're going to find in your Bo Nicks and your Jeffersons, and he does have some some of that type of mobility. So going into this game, I feel really, really good about what we're going to be doing. We're going to dominate up front, and I do think that we're going to make some big-time plays in the secondary. They're going to test us deep. They're going to. They're going to have to. They're going to have to get some backs out of the backfield. They're going to have to stretch the field just to kind of loosen it up a little bit. But at the end of the day, uh, it's all fun and games until you get hit in the mouth. I'm going to let – look, Juan, I, I know Mike Tyson said this statement, but, damn, I, I need you to, like, trademark this or something. Man, that's, like, the, that's the go-to statement. But, it, like I said, it's 100% accurate every time. That, um, that defense is – it's, like it's like a punch from Mike Tyson, right? Just square in the – right square in the mouth. <laughs> oh, no, you know, looking at it right here, right, I, I think what Florida's going to – I think Florida's going to take shots. I think they have to. But I don't see them being successful. Uh, watching film study last night, uh, Brooks Austin, I'm going to give him a shout-out here. Watching this film study, I am in 100% agreement here. You know, our defense on all three levels, you know, whether it be, you know, I, I see them trying to take shots. I just don't see them, uh, you know, executing on that level that they need to be able to produce offensive output and, and score. Um, I, I expect turnovers. I, I think especially if you put Anthony Richardson in there, he's more, you know, he's not, I guess you could say he's, he's wet behind the ears still. Uh, you know, and he's and honestly, both of them, you know, they lead the FBS in interceptions. I'm not saying that I expect it. I expect to pick at least one. Uh, yeah, but also, you know, a lot of uh, a lot of really problems, right, comes from their defense, not even much to their offense, but their defense. 
But I do want to say this one right fast. Going to the brigade for one second, I saw this, and it's perfect. If it's Emory all game, this is Cam Manning. If it's Emory all game, Georgia wins by 50. If it's Richardson, then UJ wins by 47 maybe. Look, I love the eagerness right there. I love that score prediction right there. I'm not going to lie. But, look, you know, I, I expect Georgia to run the ball a lot, establish the line of scrimmage because you just gave up 287 yards to uh, Davis Price down there in Baton Rouge. We have – well, I, I know Kendall Milton's out, but, I mean, you still got Zeus, James Cook, uh, McIntosh will be back. Just saying. I expect him to run all over that, but I also expect Georgia to hit uh, some passes and, and things like that. Uh, Harrison, what do you think about that? Honestly, you know, talk about uh, Price and how they ran for, you know, 287 yards on LSU. I was just watching a, a breakdown on that game uh, this morning, and most of it, what they were running, it was the same play. It was a counter play um, where basically, you know, Florida, I mean, the linebackers bit so hard um and they had you know as many guys in the box as possible you know that you you think would be able to stop the run they just couldn't so you know obviously i think florida's going to try and fix that um you know but i don't think uh and i mean in years past i think georgia struggled um with trying to run the ball out of counter on um, it's encounter sets so obviously you know i i think georgia's going to target them you know that that's the mantra of this football team no matter who the oc is um georgia's always going to be physical up front and run the football um uh, you know, with, with, with Zeus back there, you get Kenny McIntosh back. I, I think they're set for a big game. But, uh, you know, I, I'm excited to see what James Cook does. He's kind of evolved um, each and every week and he's taken on a new role uh, of sorts, you know, each and every week for Georgia. So I'm, I'm excited to see what those backs do um, Saturday night against Florida's defense. Jermaine's saying that he wants to see uh, Dejon running all over Florida. Imagine a fifth-string running back dominating Florida. Wouldn't that be nice? I, yeah, that, I, that's a great day. I, I <laughs> love it. That's a great right? day. <laughs> that's, that's how you – That's if, if you see Dejon score a touchdown, to me, either one of two things has happened. We're screwed because we've lost a, a lot of running backs to injury or we're just having that damn good of a day. I expect the latter. I'm just going to leave that there, boys. Just saying. Maybe Jalen yeah. Carter gets in on goal line. Oh, my God. Give me – no, hell no. Give me a Jordan Davis rushing touchdown. Oh, yeah. Like like, like the old days of the refrigerator William Perry, right? Oh, my God. No, that's worse than a refrigerator, man. That's like a damn deep freezer. Don't give me that. I'm just saying right now. Send those those guys out for a while. Oh, my God. Look, look, I know Brock Bowers. You know, looking at this right here, though, right? I'm going to do this because I can. Give me – Give me, uh, you know, the hippo. I think it's called hippo. Uh, the package right there, right, with Jalen and uh, Jordan Davis. Give me Jordan Davis on a flat route into the end zone. Give it to me. Give it to me. <laughs> and then Jermaine says, get, and then does the Heisman pose. Yeah. If, if he does, look, if this happens, Kirby, if you're listening, I hope you listen to me. If this happens, my man's going to end up in New York. This is what I can guarantee. If Jordan Davis scores a touchdown, he is going to win the Heisman. That's just it because Let's he is fucking a, go. Give he, it to me. He's a fan favorite. Everybody loves Jordan Davis. They love his smile. They love the fact that he goes and he prays with his mom before the game. He is, you know, everyone just rallies around him. He's just an, an unbelievable, awesome, awesome guy. And, and to see him celebrate, that, that, that's my absolute favorite, is to see him get excited and have his, you know, teammates, you know, celebrate around him. And he does the things that he doesn't have to. He gets in on the goal line, he blocks. 
But I'm telling you, you either give him a rushing touchdown or give him that 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 pass out in the flat. You know, showcase those hands, Jordan Davis, and we got a Heisman winner. Look right here, right now. Look, anybody that doesn't have Jordan Davis in your Heisman candidacy notes, you, you're wrong for one. <laughs> it's not a damn stat award. It's not. It's it's, it's an MVP. It's, if you won't sit there stats to give it to somebody with the most stats, you, there's Maxwell's, there's Doug Walker's, there's Bolitnikoff's. Give it to that person. You want to talk about making an impact, the best player from the best team, that's Jordan Davis. Get my man a touchdown, Kirby. Juan, you, yeah. you play with Kirby, call him up. Yeah. <laughs> Look, he might he so might much. answer from he might answer from the Kirby copter. I don't care. Yeah. yeah. Make yeah, it happen. Yeah. And, and, and listen, Brigade, if it happens tomorrow, let everybody know that we talked this into existence today. Today. That's all I'm gonna say. Uh Trip here. I want to read this up. Tripp says, line Jordan up at tailback and Jalen at fullback and let Jordan take it up the gut for the score. Um, oh, shit, that'd be interesting. Um, with how bad their defense is running yet, yeah, I can see that happening. Yeah. Um, but I, honestly, let's kind of – let's. I guess I need to put my hat back on and get back to work here. Um, you know, if, what does Georgia have to do to, you know, to really – I guess you could say uh, win the game, right? Let's do the keys to victory for Georgia here. Uh, we'll start with Juan first and then Harrison and then myself. Um, it, it's easy. Just do Georgia things. <laughs> I mean, Georgia's been consistent. This is one of the first years in a long, long time that Georgia has just consistently just dominated. You know, they, 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 they've dominated up front. They've run the ball. They're, they're doing a great job of, of, of passing defensively they are just completely dominant. And, and so that allows Munkin on offense to come up and basically do whatever he wants to do. I mean, he can actually run that, what was called the Annex of Texas. I don't, I don't remember what movie that's from, where you can just run a reverse pass flea flicker if you wanted to, knowing that the defense is going to go out there and, and do what they're supposed to do. So um, they, they just, just again, just go out there and just do Georgia things, and, and they win probably by 40, 50 points. Harrison? And for me, you. For for me, I think it's it's stick to what you did, you know, in these last four weeks. I I think Georgia is going to come out this game. You know, we know what Todd Grantham brings defensively. He likes to bring pressure. No matter who the quarterback is, he's going to bring pressure. That is how he rattles quarterbacks. Um, and if you're Todd Munkin, I I, I think we're going to go 13 personnel a lot. Um, you know, Georgia's new. Who who would have thought Georgia fans would have loved to see 13 personnel when Todd Munkin was hired? <laughs> Right, right. You know, who would have thought? But, you know, I think we're going to go out there. George can go out there, go 13 personnel. You got to get sets and move them. That's what he likes to do. And I think even J2 to an extent. A lot of play action, you know, really, really get that uh, Florida defense trying to commit to stop the run um, before hitting them over the top. I, I, I think that's the game plan all day is utilize your tight ends. You know what George's game plan is to win this game? Make it safe down to Jacksonville. That's all I'm saying. I love it. That's I all I'm saying. I love it. I love it. I love it. <laughs> I, I, look, hey, all right, if you're in the brigade, I need I need your keys to victory while we're sitting here talking, and we'll read them as we go. Up like says, yo, how is it going, sir? Listen, I haven't saw that name before, so welcome to the show. To nil with the yo as well. Apparently, there's an echo in here. So, uh, you know, I'll repeat the yo back. Um, uh, Trip said, you know, responded to what Jay said earlier. Uh, they'll be gaped open after Jordan busts up through there. Um, yeah, if that happens, look, I think, you know, I think Brenton Cox might, you know, pull something and tell the coaches, you know, I, I think I hurt something, coach. 
But no, in all honesty, though, you know, looking at what Georgia has to do, right? I think you established the run uh, early. Uh, you know, look, one of the things that I'm I'm excited to see, and we'll talk about it right here. I, I think you see both quarterbacks, but I think it's more of a management situation. I think you need to. I think Stetson starts, and he's earned that right to start, in my opinion. But I do want to see JT back in because, in my opinion, JT is the catalyst for a championship run. Not saying that Stetson couldn't this year with how things are going, but I do think that JT provides the, the I guess you could say, the, the juice to get us where we need to be, and that's the national title. But obviously I want to see JT come in, and I want to see if he plays relaxed and if there's any rust. I don't think there is. But nonetheless, I think it's going to be interesting to see how Kirby manages that quarterback rotation. Like I said, I don't want to see this carousel where you're putting a guy in the middle of the drive or a couple drives and, you know, take the hot hand out. I don't want to see that. If, if, if Stetson starts and you see, you know, we're, you know, if we're sitting there and we're dominating in the first half and, and it's blown out, let JC in, get him, get him some reps. Obviously, you know, game reps are more important than practice just because it's real speed. Ease him back in because after that, you know, after Florida, our, our schedule's drastically easier. I know you look at Tennessee in, in a couple weeks, uh, you know, but you still got Missouri, Charleston Southern, whatnot, and, and the nerds in Atlanta. But, um, you know, obviously you want to ease him in and get him ready, right? Uh, I was looking here uh, while uh, Harrison was talking, actually, and, and Brooks also released the, uh, I guess you could say, the injury report. Uh, you know, Kenny McIntosh is expected to come back and be ready. Uh, Jermaine Burton, Rosemey, and Arian Smith all are expected to play. Uh, and then on defense, you got Chris Smith coming back, uh, is expected to play as well. So Georgia's getting healthy at the right time. And I think that only bodes terrible news if you're a Gator fan. I, I, I agree. I, I, and I love what you're just talking about in regards to our quarterbacks. Um, you know, Stetson's doing a great job and, and he's playing big and big time games. And I, and I love that. But I'd love to see JT Daniels um, in, in the game in, in, in Jacksonville. I mean, there, there's one thing to go out there and play in USC and, and play the UCLA's. But there, there's just something about playing Florida in Jacksonville that, you know, you just have to be at the top of your game. Um, and then no matter what the spread is or no matter how bad the team is, the atmosphere just kind of, you know, you know, just kind of puts you in that pressure type situation, which I think will be great for, for JT Daniels to get in. There's going to be screaming fans both sides. It's going to be absolutely crazy. He'll never experience anything like it. He may have been to a game, but actually playing in that game is going to be something completely different. So to have him go out there and perform, I think it's going to be great. Um, I, I think that uh, Stetson Bennett's got something to prove. I mean, he didn't play uh, very well last year, uh, but, he, you know, he, he's got something to prove. Um, yeah, I mean, he got banged up too, I think. But, uh, but yeah, I think you're right there. Um, you know, I, I think even, you know, he was – I think we were playing well until he got uh, injured. Um yeah, and then kind of things just kind of, you know, kind of derailed in my opinion. I, I, I want to see both quarterbacks go out there and execute the offense. And if you see that, then that tells me that, you know, Kirby has two competent quarterbacks that can go out and win you a game. And that bodes really well, especially come playoff time. If, you know, say if JT earns that starting drop, I think if JT gets that starting job back, if he starts to struggle, you can sit there and, and the guys already know Stetson. They, they trust Stetson, everything like that. I don't see a drop off there. I mean, there may be a slight difference, but then, you know, if JT's starting and he gets, 
put out for uh, Stetson, you know, you're actually adding, uh, uh, you know, the athleticism there for the, for the defense to sit there and have to worry about. And this is all a great problem to have. I'm just going to leave that there. It's a great problem to have, but it's still a matter of management, right? I think you have to manage it, manage it the right way. And I expect her to do that. And I think, you know, talking about the two quarterbacks for Georgia, the good thing is, you know, the game plan for Todd Munkin is not very different um, from the other, depending on who the quarterback is. Yes, with Stetson, you're going to want to get him mobile. You're going to want to get him a lot of read options, give him a chance to, to you know, kind of keep that defense at bay and not, uh, you know, zone in on stop of the run. Um, as opposed to when you have JT in, they can, you know, that backside end can squish down in, in an attempt to, you know, to – to hold the back from getting back to the, uh, the backside, you know, cutting it backside. So, you know, you got to establish a runner if you're Georgia, and you also got to establish um, the threat of getting the quarterback out of the pocket. Um, and I think one of the best ways to do that is with play action, whether it is JT or Stetson. But I, I agree with both y'all. I, I think Stetson uh, will start for Georgia this weekend. I think he's earned that opportunity. Um, and, I, and I think, you know, everyone on this team has a chip on their shoulder from what happened last year. Uh, for many of these guys that are on the roster, that was their first time losing to Florida. And I can promise you most of them probably don't want to lose to them again. I'll tell you somebody that doesn't want to lose again, and that's Kirby Smart, especially the Gators, which is why in our score predictions you're going to see a wild one, but I think it happens. But but enough about that. Look, the brigade is coming in hot and heavy. I, I don't know if, if you're watching this, you know, Juan Harrison, y'all are seeing it, where there's so many comments flowing. This is ridiculous. I love it. But – I do want to talk about these injuries, right? Georgia getting healthy at the right time. You bring in Arian, Marcus, you know, and uh, Jermaine. But let's not overlook what AD and, and Ladd has done, right? With that being said, you know, what kind of conundrum well, – I wouldn't say a conundrum. How do, how do you manage these receivers coming back? Juan, you've played receiver, and I know you've had this situation before. You know, do you think Georgia should – you know, put those guys back up to start? Or do you think, uh, you know, Ladd and AD have earned their way to, you know, to more to a lot more playing time? What do you think? Well, I mean, it's it's not necessarily, you know, putting those guys out there to start. You know, th- th- this is a great problem to have. It's it's h- how do you practice? And then what what are you doing in the game when you're not getting the ball? Um, and, and, and so these are the things that I'm going to be looking at. And then, of course, who's going to be able to step up and make the big plays? And Ladd's done a great job. Uh, Mitchell has done a great job. And obviously you've got Bowers who, you know, they, these guys have stepped up and, and done what they were supposed to do. And so now it becomes a fight. It becomes a battle. And guess what? Iron sharpens iron. So just like you, t- you know, you talked about, you know, with, um, you know, there's not been a lot of fall off when, you know, when uh, uh, Bennett takes, you know, over for um, JT Daniels. Now we're having the same issue when it comes to these receivers. You got all have guys that are just going above and beyond to try to get there, you know, get out there on the field to make plays. So um, again, you just let them battle it out. And this is a great battle to have, man. I, I would, you know, a, as a receiver going in, we had a lot of talented receivers with the Heinz Wards, Bryce Hunters, and all those guys. And so it was great to go out there and compete each and every week in practice, all with the purpose of, hey, like I either want to start or when I get my opportunity, I want to. Uh, make those big plays because there's nothing more exciting than hearing that Georgia crowd it just erupt after you've made a big time play. You know, I look back at like you know wins that catch uh, the catch in the end zone that touchdown there. Look at uh, Lawrence Cager in 2019. I think it was 2019. Look, you see some of these plays that like you know electrify 
the, the stadium, right? Jacksonville is a place where, you know, either fan base, it's already hyped up and like beyond reasonable doubt, in my opinion, like just how hyped up they are. They're, they're almost as hyped up as a normal home game. <laughs> I think you look at the rivalry being one of the main factors for that. But, you know, I expect Georgia to make enough plays to where you take the crowd out of it for Florida. If that's the case, it becomes a home game for Georgia in enemy territory, and it gets ugly. Because if I'm not – just watching it from TV, Jacksonville State, like that that stadium is just loud. So if it's – you know, Georgia could red that thing out. I'm not opposed to it, but, you know, make Georgia, make Florida play a away game, even though technically they're basically playing at home. That would that'd be, that'd be a sight to my eyes. I'm telling you that. Yeah, you're right. It's kind of like when when Georgia went up to Notre Dame. It was basically a home game for it was a home game for Georgia. Um, but I, I tell you what, though, we can get this Florida crowd out of it very, very quickly. They obviously they they feel like that you know they're going to be the difference. They're going to be the ones that are going to you know uh, upset upset Georgia. I mean, think about it. They came close to beating you know or, or tying the game up with Alabama, which was their moral victory. But just think of 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 what all they're going to put into this game. I mean, Florida, they have a disastrous situation down there. There would be nothing better for Mullen than to come out and pull, pull an upset. I mean, that would just be, a, a, you know, something that would be great for him. It's just not going to happen. It is, you know, if anything, we need to be the ones to help him, you know, get out of the door <laughs> and kind of push him out of the door. Yeah. I'm, I'm right there with you. Harrison. <clears throat> sorry. So I want to, I want to talk about this right here first. The you know the receiving core, right? We're going to include tight ends on this. Within the passing mm-hmm. game, how how I guess in my opinion, how do you sit there and have that many weapons and expect a defensive coordinator to be able to manage that along with the running backs? Like, I feel like this would be a nightmare, you know. But why do I feel like uh, Darnell is going to have a, a breakout game? Why do I feel like that's going to happen? Well, for the most part, it's because, you know, we haven't seen much of him. I mean, yes, he played extensively, and I think he played the most he's ever played this year um, so far against Kentucky. But, you know, this this is his type of game. If you're looking for someone um, that's going to benefit from the attention being shown to Lab McConkey, to A.D. Mitchell, to Brock Bowers, it's going to be Darnell Washington. And maybe you could even say a guy like uh, John Fitzpatrick. You know, Georgia, Georgia, they love those 13 personnel sets. I love to watch them. Because uh, you never really knew what Georgia was going to do out of them. They ran out of them, out of them, and they just did normal passing out of them. So there, there's much um, out of those sets. And I think, you know, getting Darnell Washington out in space, letting him go be a weapon like he was for much of the end of last season when JT took over, you know, I, I think Darnell's, he's set for a big game. Um, I, if I, I don't remember seeing much of him in the passing game against Florida this time last year, but I think, I think that's going to change today. Uh, or Saturday, excuse me. I'm I'm already ready for game day um, because I just think Georgia has so many weapons on the outside. Um, they're gonna have to stop. Pay, you know, they're gonna have to forget about someone eventually. I I think right. I think you could look at Darnell being a factor in the middle, right? I, I think Georgia needs to to threaten those second. You know, that secondary, right? I, I think. I mean, Georgia's inferior in basically every position, in my opinion. Maybe. Look, Kyer Alam is going to be a good player, but I think with with the weapons that we have, that you're going to open up, in my opinion. You're going to be able to open up the middle of the field because I don't trust their linebackers to cover Darnell. 
and especially Brock, if you sit there and let him run up the middle or however you want to use him. Kirby and Todd Munkin have a great problem, and that's so many weapons that it's hard to choose which one, which makes it really easier for, um, you know, JT or Stetson, whoever's playing. Uh, so, I mean, look, I, I think you could honestly pass the ball every play and still find a, a wide-open guy. Yeah, I just don't know if, if Florida can get enough pressure to do yeah, that. It's, it, it's going to be tough. And, and you know, you talk, you know, with, with, with Harrison just talking about that 13 personnel, who would have ever thought that you could do that in the SEC and, and, and be successful? I mean, it's just unheard of. And you think of 13 personnel, you're thinking of Stanford, who has always have, you know, three tight ends and they're known for their tight ends. And you saw that, uh, you know, when uh, Ohio State did that against Clemson in the semis. Um, and Ohio State just absolutely destroyed Clemson and, 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 you know, had a huge problem for Venables, you know, with, with, with those tight ends. And so now to see it being brought to the to the SEC, man, who do you cover? <laughs> well, the, the thing about 13 personnel, which makes it scary, is the fact that it's not just a specific run play. You could actually run, you know, you can actually run passes out of that, too. Um and that's a testament to what Todd Hartley has brought to Georgia and in that tight end room. Uh, you know, and look, next year you could definitely see the same damn thing, right? You have Delp, Bowers, both will be freshmen and sophomore. Darnell with a junior. I mean, I think Fitzpatrick will be gone, but I mean, nonetheless, you're you could still see that for years to come, depending on how uh, Georgia recruits the tight end position. And I don't expect it to stop, uh, you know, producing at this level here. Which talking about recruiting. Hey. I, Go ahead, Harrison. Just real quick, you know, talking about, you know, 13 personnel real quick, um, you know, one of the things that Alabama did at a high rate last year was they were able to beat people um, with just two receivers on the field. They beat Georgia with two receivers on the field at some times because they were able to use their tight ends um, dynamically and get them out in space and make them a threat. Uh, Alabama last year under Sark had a, a bunch of plays, shot plays, where they had seven-man protections. Um, it's because they had the elite receivers to go downfield and make plays in one-on-ones, sometimes even double teams. That's what we're seeing from Georgia uh, two weeks ago against Kentucky. They were able to make plays with just Adoni Mitchell and Lab McConkie lined up on the outside. I think that's something Georgia's going to have to continue to develop, make sure you can continue to do that. Because if you're beating people with just two receivers, I, I think that's the mark of an elite team. I can't be mad about that. Now, one of the things I was going to say here, we were talking about recruiting the tight end position, but we're going to switch over and kind of open this back up just a tad bit for a second about recruiting. Uh, you know, Kirby Smart knows a little something about recruiting, um, but let's talk about Gainesville. What's going on there? Two weeks, in a matter of two weeks, you lose your top two recruits. You lose Julian Humphrey, the cornerback, and you lose Shamar James, linebacker. And what makes it even better if you're a dog fan both of them are considering Georgia. And, look, I love what I see in Humphrey. I think Humphrey would be a great addition to the secondary. Kid's very fast. He's strong. He can tackle. Right? Everything you want to see in a, in a, in a secondary uh, position player. Shamar James is a great linebacker uh, prospect. I, I think you'd like what I see there. What is going on well, from a recruiting standpoint? To me, I feel like, the recruits know what's going on, which is why you're seeing these guys decommit. I, I think Todd Grantham is gone. I, I think that's the case. I think Dan Mullen, depending on how things go, you could see him go at the end of the season, maybe next year, depending on how things go, I guess. But nonetheless, you know, 
when when a recruit decommits like this and is looking at you know at looking at their rival, you know, is it a sign of you know what what could it be? Do you think it's a sign of seeing something within their program that they're committed to, or do you think they like what they see better? Obviously, I don't want to speak on behalf of a kid, but you know, from your thoughts, what do you think it could be? I mean, I, I think it's, you know, problems from within. I mean, everybody knows historically Dan Mullen is just not a very good recruiter. Um, and so it's just a matter of this is how is he talking to these kids? Um, or, or is he saying the right things to make them want to stay? Look at how many kids have been um, to just left the state of Florida. I mean, that right there should be just, just should be a problem in itself. And then, of course, you've got this turmoil. Florida is just up and down this year. They'll go and, and, and get blasted by a Kentucky, then turn around and, you know, Kentucky blasts LSU. So you're thinking, OK, well, you know, Florida will go out there and beat LSU and then they end up losing that. And it's just it's it's just absolute chaos. And then when you see that, you're sitting there thinking to yourself, like, I'm, I'm, I'm about to invest three to four years, three to four or five years at this program. And I have no idea where it's going. And there is nothing that's solid. There's nothing that's concrete when you look at what George is doing right now. I mean, their their recruiting class and, and and everything that's that that they have, the stability, the coaching. You know, as an offensive player, you're looking, man, I want to go play for Monkin. You know, defensively, like I want to go up there and be a part of that just crazy defense and just continue to build. And it goes from, hey, I love Florida. I want to go up there and turn Florida around and make it, you know, something great. To I don't know what's going to happen in Florida. No idea. So. That, that that's a tough that, that, that's a tough situation um and and again i just don't think dan mullen is a very good recruiter as a, as i a mean let, let's be honest here right I, I think you look just looking at florida the state of florida as a, from a recruiting standpoint there's one program that i feel like if you're in the state of florida you need to try to lock down and build a pipeline within it and that's img even though kids come from across the nation it's in Bradenton, right? That's somewhere where you need to be focused on because they're because the level of talent is just so abundant. You look at Florida, and Florida, I don't think they have any talent that or they don't, I don't think they have any recruits that have came from there. You look, but you also look right over where we are in a situation of recruit IMG. Just got uh Bear recommitted. He's he's an IMG. You've got Kamari uh Kamari Wilson, uh a potential uh target there. Uh, you know, you look at all the guys, uh, Lavoisier Carroll, uh, Nolan Smith, George has established a pipeline, and I expect that to continue, which translates to recruiting wins and elite talent, because that's just the logic tells you if elite talent from all across the country goes there, I want them on my team. Yeah. Florida has to do a better job of recruiting in state. I, I know they lost the two D commitments. But they are 20, I want to say 23rd in the composite rankings right now. If you're Florida and you're a Florida fan, you're cussing everybody out on that in that on that staff and say, do a fucking better job. Because right now, call me crazy, but I'm telling you, I'm being real as it gets right this. Since Florida hired Dan Mullen, they have become more like Mississippi State than they have looking like trying to get close to Georgia. Change my mind. And if I could just add something on this, you know, I think we talk about, you know, maybe there being a disconnect with the players um, and, and you look at IMG, you know, they're not getting the talent. IMG has the cream of the crop in the state of Florida, um, aside from much of, you know, South Florida, you know, South Florida, which 
which does develop a lot of, of, of hidden talent. I mean, there's a lot of kids that come out of South Florida um, that go on to make big impacts in the NFL, uh, you know, make big impacts not only in, the, in college, but in the NFL later on. Uh, I think there's a disconnect with high schools, with programs in that state, um, whether it's something the staff has done, whether it's something Dan Mullen has done or said, um, because, you know, the kids come and go, but for the most part, the coaches remain at their programs or they move to a different program within the same state. Uh, you know, so if the coaches ain't helping you out, uh, with helping yourself out, then, you know, how, how are you going to land a Kamari Wilson or, you know, uh, or Barry Alexander? Right. I just looked at the 24-7 rankings. They are 27, uh, 22nd uh, compared or in the composite. Uh, one, their, uh, their top recruit right now uh, actually is Isaiah Bond. And I think you have a familiarity with him. Yes, I do. Yeah, and actually we saw one of the Florida recruiters at our last game, um, and, and it almost seems like they're just definitely making that those desperate attempts to keep whoever they have, you know, have there. But, um, you know, Georgia was um, – you know, they were going after Isaiah Bond. And, and if Isaiah Bond, you know, leaves Florida to go to Georgia, hey, you're adding a, a, a state champion 200-meter, 100-meter, and 4-by-100-meter sprinter. That guy can just flat-out go. Um, and, and so you're just adding, you know, adding more to the pot. So, you know, Florida's probably going to do each and everything that they can. I, I wouldn't be surprised to see them at the game tonight. You know, we have a, we have a game uh, against Winder Barrow. And I would not be surprised because they need to do any and everything to keep, you know, that, that, that top guy there. But, uh, you know, just like Harrison said, that there is a disconnect somewhere. Um, and, and that's really killing the Florida program because, you know, for you to be in Florida and let all that talent. And that's one of the things that Kirby's doing. He's trying to his best to keep Georgia talent in Georgia. Um, and, and that hasn't happened in, in a very long time. And, and Kirby's going above and beyond to keep those guys, um, the Oscar Delps and all those guys, you know, here in the state to go to the University of Georgia. And, and, and Juan, real quick, I have a question for you. You know, as a play, as a former player who got recruited and now as a parent of a player who's getting recruited and getting attention, you know, what is it for you that that, you know, when you when you sit down with coaches, you know, as a player or as a parent now, you know, what, what are you looking for? Um, um, you know, from these recruits, I'm looking for, I'm, I'm looking for that consistency. Um, the, is the biggest thing. And, and, and are you going to be there long-term? So it was one of those things that, you know, we, we, uh, you know, Ashton and I, we took a, a trip up to Duke, um, and, and he loved it, you know, and, and, and we're talking, but I, I had to think to myself, you know, is Cutcliffe going to be there for four or five years down the road? And it just doesn't look like, you know, Cutcliffe has given up his offensive coordinator, um, responsibilities. And usually once a coach does that, gives up their offensive or defensive, you know, responsibilities, a lot of times they're just kind of on their way out and grooming somebody else to take over. So you just kind of have to look at from a long-term standpoint. And then I tell my son, I said, you know, you know, don't, don't think like a 17 year old Ashton, think about a 40 year old Ashton. And what is, you know, what, what would you tell yourself, um, you know, you know, down the road down there. And for me, I would just say, am I going to be a part of a program that is on the up and up. And for me, it was Eric Zier. So I know Georgia didn't, they didn't really throw the ball a lot, but then you bring in an Eric Zier and then you were also re recruiting a Mike Bobo, who those guys are known for throwing the football. And then, you know, you got your Andre Hastings and these other receivers that they're recruiting. And I'm thinking to myself, man, that looks like something uh, that I want to be a part of um, versus these other places. And my other top one was Auburn. 
Like I really, you know, I grew up a diehard Auburn fan, but all that turmoil that they had. And of course they went on probation for two years, um, no TV, no bowl games. So I'm sitting there thinking to myself, man, if had I gone there and then just, you know, you know, what, what would life have, have, have been like? And that's not necessarily the college experience I would have wanted to have, you know? So those are some, some things that you just kind of look at. Perfect time to transition. Uh, I know we want to talk a little bit about some players of the game here. So I want to give each guy, uh, each one of us, give our prediction for the player of the game. Uh, I asked the brigade uh, who they thought would be players of the game. And I'm hearing uh, Jay Shipes calls Zeus and Cook. Uh, Trip uh, from YouTube, Adam Anderson, Trayvon Walker, Sean. Um, Jay also mentioned, is Dean playing spy? If so, he will have a huge game. And honestly, you know, Harrison, I'll let you go first since you're the guest. Um, who do you think would be the player of the game? Who's your prediction for player of the game? Ooh, um, it, it's tough, man. I think, uh, you know, the, the mainstream pick is probably going to be someone uh, like a Jordan Davis or, you know, maybe maybe one of the backs. Uh, so I'm, I'm going to kind of go unconventional um, in this. And I'm going to say Channing Tindall because, like you just said, like the, uh, one of the commenters asked, you know, is Dean going to be the spy? I think Channing Tindall um, has the speed, has the agility, has the ability um, to read the offense and read the quarterback's eyes to go chase down Anthony Richardson. He's a guy um, that has elite athleticism. I think he's going to grade really, really well. Um, at the NFL Combine, you know, this coming February. I, I think he's going to have a big game. You know, we've seen him pop up uh, over the last few weeks, and I, I think it's going to be a continuation of what he's done over the last few weeks. Juan, what say you, sir? Uh, I'm going to go, uh, you know, kind of like what you did the last time. I'm actually going to go with a group, and, and I think it's going to be that offensive line. Um, that, that offensive line, it, you know, you saw again how – uh, you know, Florida just got ran over. I think that they're going to come out there. They're just going to sit there and say, hey, we're, these are our trenches. We're going to we're going to dominate the trenches. And that's going to open up the run game. It's going to open up the play action pass. It's going to open up just the regular pass. And I just see them just completely, completely taking over. I'm going to make a pick that might question some or might, might raise some eyebrows. I'm going Jalen Carter. I, look, I think Jay, uh, Jordan Davis is going to have a good game, but I also think that, that Jalen Carter is going to have at least two sacks, and I think he's just going to be a menace the entire game. I, I think Jordan Davis is going to be just fine. I think you're going to see him cause you know a bunch of you know chaos as every time he plays. I'm just going off a whim, and I think I think you look at a guy like Jalen Carter is just going to cause problems for that offensive line. What I saw from him last year you know, in that game to what I'm seeing now, it's almost night and day difference in a good way. And I would not be surprised to see him just wreak havoc and actually create a lot of uh, chaos in the backfield. So I'm going Jalen Carter on this one. Um, I like it. I like yep, it. I do too. I mean, look, it's in my opinion, I think it's too easy to say running backs, right? I think with how bad their defense is, in my opinion, on stopping the run, I think you could almost pick a running back and say, you're my player of the game. But I think Jalen Carter is going to create a bunch of havoc, especially if you put Anthony Richardson back there. Jalen Carter is going to have a field day with that. And, and you know, kind of go off what Juan said, you know, this offensive line for Georgia, you know, I, I would say they're on a hot streak. Um, you, you put together back-to-back-to-back, you know, really good performances. You know, it's, it's not a long shot for either of Carter or the offensive line to put together another masterful performance. Obviously – 
I, I don't know what's going to happen to left tackle. Obviously, with Jamar Sauer being banged up against Kentucky, you know, they, they could, you know, he could fight through it like he did two weeks ago. Or, you know, maybe maybe, the, maybe they rest him for a little bit and let Broderick Jones get some action, which I think a lot of people want to see. So I think, you know, with Carter in the offensive line, I think, you know, they could coexist together and be the uh, MVP at the end of the day. I think I think all three picks are great picks to you know uh, candidates to be player of the game. I think the defense is going to cause Florida fits, uh, which is a perfect transition over to our score predictions. Like I said, if I'm not mistaken, it's a 14. I think Georgia is favored by 14 and a half uh, is the spread unless it's changed. Juan, I'll let you go first, sir. What is your score prediction? Do, does Georgia cover the spread? Oh, man, they're going to blow the spread out. And I'm actually going to go with uh, my man, Patrick Oliver. My man, Patrick Oliver, said it's going to be 63-3. to You know, Florida, will, they'll get a late – they'll get a late um, late, late field goal at the end. Um, I, I don't think people really understand what is about to happen tomorrow. I mean, it is going to be complete dominance. Our offensive line is going to absolutely destroy Florida. The defensive line, I mean – Florida's not going to be playing against Kentucky. They're not going to be playing against LSU where they were, you know, racking up all these points. You know, it's going to be absolute complete domination. I would not be surprised if you see a 35 to nothing first quarter like you did against Vanderbilt. I mean, I, I, I'm telling you right now, Kirby has something to prove. And, uh, you know, and, and one thing as a Georgia fan that I'm, you know, I'm, I'm kind of tired of is, you know, oh, I don't want to jinx it and don't say this or like, let's just be no. Right now, we've got to beat our chest, and, and Georgia has that beat our chest mentality, and, and, and I think that they're going to beat their chest and that they're going to really, really stick it to Florida tomorrow. God, if I'm telling you right now, if you're watching this, you see it, but if you're listening, guys, I'm sitting here just bouncing up and down in my chair, jumping for joy. Look, call me McDonald's because I'm loving it. <laughs> Harrison, what's your score prediction, sir? Do, does Georgia cover the spread? At 14, you know, at 14, I've, I feel pretty confident considering that Florida beat Georgia by, I believe, it was 16 points last time. Look, I put my score prediction out, or I don't know if it's come out yet, but I'm, I'm for SIDogsDaily.com. Uh, I, I said 38 to 10. You know, I'm, I'm going to hold true to it. I think Georgia takes a little bit step further uh, and beats the Gators by 20 or 28 instead of uh, uh, 16. So, I, you know, I think Georgia's defense is just too dang good um, to give up more than – than two touchdowns. I don't. I don't see that happening this week. Obviously, Dan Mullen can cause problems for the defense, but you you know George is going back years into the archives watching Dan Mullen to see you know what all he could pull in this game, and I I think George's offense is going to keep rolling. Another good call. I like it. So we've got sixty thirty three. Is Juan? Is that what you're calling sixty thirty three? Yes, sir. Me and Patrick. Right, we're, so we're, yeah, we're, Pat, we're doing Patrick. this together. Patrick also in the comments said, that's my dog. Uh, anyways, that's neither here nor there. Um, you know, obviously, Harrison, you said 38-10, you're sticking to it. I've got Georgia big. Look, that spread to me is laughable. If, if, I'm, if I'm Kirby Smart, I, I know you talk about rat poison and whatnot, but that right there, 14 points, and how bad Florida is right now, like that's three losses to teams that Florida should beat if you're Florida. I know Kentucky's good. I had him pick look second in the East, like I've been saying all season. I stuck, I stuck with it, and it's going to be true. With that being said, I've got Georgia big. I've got, I don't know, I would, I would say forty. Let's see. Uh, I'm gonna say forty. I'm gonna say forty-nine 
to nine. Only thing Florida can do is kick field goals, and they better hope that Jordan Davis and uh, Devontae <laughs> White don't come in like they did against Kentucky. Yes, sir. I wouldn't be surprised yes, to see that shit happen either. Look, everybody wants to say, take your hat off for a second. No, I put my damn G hat on. My red glasses are on. No, it's going to be it's going to be an abolish. It's just going to be abomination. If you're Florida fans, you're going to turn the TV off by halftime. Look, I'm just saying this. Kirby lost last year. Kirby hates losing for one, but especially to the Gators. I don't expect him to stop one bit. He's going to run that score up as much as he can. Just going to leave that and there. To kind of bounce off what you just said, you know, he doesn't like losing. Um, and there's only been two teams that have beaten him twice uh, since he's been at Georgia, and that's been LSU and Alabama. He, I don't think he's going to let a, a Florida team beat him twice, especially with Dan Mullen at the helm. Right. Oh, no, it don't happen. <laughs> oh, look, we got, we got the brigade hyped up, all right? Uh, Trip says 14 is a slap in the face. Uh, Trip also said uh, Kirby and Muschamp going to dismantle the Lizards. I like the way you think, sir. Uh, Cam Manning gives his prediction 45-7. Mitch from YouTube, Mitch all day, every day, 49-6, and also says that's it. Uh, and then, you know, my boy Ric Flair here, woo, by Trip, let's fucking go. That's what I'm talking about. That's the energy. We need, and I think that translates tomorrow, and that's why you see Georgia win big. Just going to leave that there, boys. With that being said, though, that is all we have for today's show. Stick around. If you're watching, we'll do a Q&A, read some comments. With that being said, though, hey, look, catch us on YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, Twitch. Like, subscribe, and also, if you're listening, wherever you get your podcast, rate us, review us, like us, follow us, subscribe, whatever your podcast platform decides to have you do, make sure you do it and let us know how you like the show or don't like the show. If you're a Gator fan, you might not want to tune into the show, but feel free to listen anyway. With that being said, Harrison, where can people find you, buddy? Like I said, it's been a pleasure to have you on again. Where can people find you? Guys, it's been a blast once again. and Awesome to be here with you and Juan in season. I think the last time I was on here, we did the uh, the SEC predictions, if I'm not, if I'm not wrong, where you correctly yep. predicted Kentucky to be number two. Um, in the SEC East, despite my objection. Um, so, yes, y'all can go follow, follow me on Twitter at TopDog underscore blogs on Twitter, and you can find me at DogsDaily.com uh, covering your beloved University of Georgia. There you go. Go give him a follow. Check out his work. Tell him, man, he writes some, good stuff, writes some good stuff. With that being said, Juan, Harrison, let's come back next. Let's talk next Thursday. We're going to be sitting here having a good time. We, you know, give my Dr. Pepper, right? Give me a Dr. Pepper. We'll be on next Thursday. I'll be having my celebratory Dr. Pepper. Hell, you never know. My, the chain might be out. Look, Florida, Florida going to get embarrassed. You might see a decommit and flip immediately after that game at 730. You might see a commitment at it. Who knows? We're going to make it happen, though. With that being said, go dogs and have a great, have a great weekend. Enjoy the game. Stay safe. Go dogs. Go dogs. This is the DGD podcast. Go dogs.